All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Blue Brother Sportscast. I'm Caleb, and with me, as always, is Brandon. And we are getting in the middle of it. Preseason has started for the NFL, and we are less than two weeks away from the first college football game. So there is that to get excited about. But I think you should be more excited about... Our first segment. Did you know? And this oh, week, wait, wait, a, wait to hype it up here. I know, right? <laughs> Comparing talk about com- football and say you should be more excited for this. What, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that because they get to reap, reap the benefits of did you know? Right now, college football, they have to wait almost two weeks. Ah, that's true. There you go. So you don't disappoint. No pressure. All right. Um, Did you know that uh, a woman named Donna Griffiths, uh, she sneezed for over two years. She started on January 13th, 1981, and ended on September 16th, 1983. So how did they, is there a description of what counts as sneezing for a continuous time? Like how much time in between? I think what it was is just like, you know, a sneezing fit. I don't know. I think it's one of those things where you're just like, hey, uh, you know, this is happening like within a minute of each other or something like that. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to explain, I think, what they're doing. Uh, You know, how are they figuring that out? I guess it's just one of those things, you know, where you'll sneeze a whole bunch of times in a row. But could you imagine doing that for over two years? No, I would be so I'd be so mad after two days. I dude, I'd be mad after an hour. <laughs> Dang! I think if a guy going that long, I'd probably just like step in front of a bus or something. <laughs> <sighs> Man, ah, uh, and then well, I I kind of pictured because obviously she had to sleep, so yeah. I'm I'm imagining that it was anytime she was awake, she was sneezing like basically all the time. So yeah, I mean, because how would you sleep if you were sneezing? Yeah, and still, just like, could you imagine though? Even, even if you were like stopped when you were sleeping, I couldn't imagine sneezing that often. Yeah, and you can't uh, sneeze with your eyes open. Did you know that? (laughs) Yeah, I did know that. Yeah, that was kind of everybody knows that. So interesting. I didn't know there was a. So. Is that like a Guinness World Record kind of thing, or? Um, I'm not sure if it's a world record. It's just kind of an interesting fact I saw. I mean, I would imagine if they kept track of it, that it would be a world record. Yeah, I kind of feel like that that's one of those that you couldn't really do, you know, for a Guinness World <laughs> Record. Because don't they have to have, like, an official witness person? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So, well... That must have sucked. <laughs> so, but we'll uh, we'll turn things around, maybe, and we'll go from things that suck to things that are scary. With the scary stat of the week, <laughs> which yeah, I, I, I don't know if we're gonna transition from things that suck because uh, the stat I have kind of sucks as well. Oh, so 
this past week in the Lions preseason game. Um, in the third quarter, like right at the beginning of the third quarter, the Lions had a total of negative 15 passing yards. <laughs> negative 15. <laughs> and as a whole, on the, the whole game, they had under 100 yards offense. So, <laughs> apparently they saw the Michigan-Michigan State game last year and they said, hold my beer. Because <laughs> right. I think the Lions had something like 94 yards. So, man. Yeah, man. That was, yeah. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Yeah, I so can not... preseason. Yeah, and, and it's the one one of several preseason games, but yeah, that's that is a different qualifying thing for scary stat of the week. So <laughs> scary bad. Um so well uh talking about football, uh I don't know. I'm going to... Uh, oh, actually, you know what? If we're going to change things up, I guess I should do this. I want to rock! Because we got the rock moment of the week. So, uh, rock moment of the week. Uh, I'm a, I'm kind of hijacking this one a little bit because uh, I'm going to switch instead of looking back I'm looking a little bit forward um, because uh, I'm going to talk about Ann Arbor for a minute which uh, they just had their uh, talking about football talking about different kind of football they hosted the uh, football game with uh, Barcelona and Napoli I don't know I'm terrible with names but They've done that several times now. They had over 60,000 soccer fans at Michigan Stadium, uh, fun activity and everything for that. But talking with Ann Arbor and all the fun things to do, like I said, I'm kind of hijacking this and using this for my own. I get to spend part of my weekend in Ann Arbor this coming weekend. Yay me. Nice. So I'm kind of actually taking over this segment and using it to my own personal gain you know ter- terrible me but if anyone feels motivated to i am interested in knowing what you would do if you were in ann arbor for a weekend and what are must think must do things because usually i'm in ann arbor for football or basketball or just for mm-hmm. a very short period of time so we're right. going to be there, and we have time to do things, so I'm interested to know what are the rock things to do in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've gotten a couple suggestions. It's going to be my wife and I. We're going to be hanging out down there. It's a little late. We're going to be kind of spending this time as a little uh, getaway from home for anniversary. So shoot your nice. ideas over. If it doesn't rock, I'll be disappointed. So don't don't send recommendations that don't rock. Just just saying, just warning. If it doesn't rock, you'll get blocked. <laughs> <laughs> nice, very nice. Uh, I like that. So, <clears throat> well, 
we'll go ahead and take a moment here then as we transition into our question of the week for this past week. All right. Question of the week is pertaining to what our main topic of this week is going to be. So we're going to take a moment and mention the things that people give us feedback on. This is our season preview. We did last week's season preview for the Lions, shared some thoughts and predictions. This week, we're going to do Michigan football. And so then we pose the question uh, to our listeners and followers on social media for what do you think Michigan's 2019 regular season record will be and who will win the Big Ten? Uh, we got a few direct replies. Uh, did you just want me to go through all these, or did you want to share any, Brandon? Uh, no, go for it, dude. Okay. Uh, we got a few direct replies. Mr. Daryl himself on Twitter uh, commented saying uh, 12-0 and and predicting that Michigan is going to win the Big Ten. He also commented that if they are relatively healthy, I don't see where they lose a regular season game. I don't care about night games or bye weeks. And then we have uh, Dave Garbo. These both are coming on Twitter. And he is predicting 11-1 and one and uh, being quite specific, saying that he's predicting they drop the game against Penn State, but they win the Big Ten. Uh, Patterson takes Michigan on a game-winning drive against Ohio State to beat them 42-38. Nice. So quite specific there. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Uh, we also included a poll with our question of the week this week to get a little bit more interaction through that way. And so our poll was just what will Michigan's 2019 regular season record be? We had the options of 12-0, and 11-1, 10-2, and and nine and three. The leading one at 45% was 11 and one. The next up at 26% was 12 and 0. Then not far behind at 24% was 10 and two. And uh, rounding things out at 5% was the nine and three. I must say I was a little concerned because I think it actually happened last year. We got trolled uh, on the poll. And yeah. there were a ton of nine and three votes because then, I mean, it became pretty obvious when I'm pretty sure it was an Ohio state fan. Uh, maybe it was Michigan state fan, but a, um, a non Michigan fan asked where the eight and four option was. So that's when yeah, you that other people were voting and that's why it was heavily uh, skewed. So, <laughs> But thanks for the feedback. Thanks for the thoughts. Uh, really like the uh, specific prediction there by Dave Garbo. That was cool. And so we appreciate that. And uh, it, even if it's after the fact, if anyone, you guys are always more than welcome to share thoughts, ideas, and predictions and things like that, especially when we get to uh, the weekly games and things of that nature. So we're going to take this opportunity and we'll move into – the full main segment then where Brandon and I will tell you everything exactly what to expect from the 2019 <laughs> season and nothing will be inaccurate. <laughs> Hold on to your butts. 
Well, with each day, it gets a little bit closer. And honestly, I'm a little disappointed in myself because I really wish I could be a little bit more excited. But work has decided to be a total douche. Okay, it's not that bad. But (laughs) we do enter the busy season the same time as the college football season is getting ready to kick off. But this year, it's a little bit more intense at work for undisclosed reasons and um, whatnot. But I will not get into that. What we will get into is Michigan football and just share some general thoughts. Of course, we'll do our uh, record prediction and things of that nature. Uh, Do you want me to get the conversation going, Brandon, or did you have anything to kick things off with? Um, No, I just got to jot down some notes here. So, I mean, if you want to start off and... Um, you know, I'll just kind of fill in with what I got. Okay. All right. Um, that was odd. I had the schedule pulled up here. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, the first game is against, um, middle Middle Tennessee. Yes. And it is a night game, oddly enough. And it's going to be on BTN. Boo. Double boo. Cause we'll probably get Matt Millen. (laughs) So that makes it even better. And we know how much you love Matt Millen. Oh, I love Matt Millen. You know, I wish he would announce every single game, and I wish he would announce um, Lions games, too. Yeah, so, how amazing would that be? Yeah, you would love that. That oh, would make your day. Thrilled. Well, yeah, so to quickly go through the schedule to, I mean, I'm sure people are kind of aware, but as a, as a refresher, um, this year is a little bit more unique because Michigan has two bye weeks, but things start off on the 31st as Michigan has the night game at 7:30. They play at home against Middle Tennessee. And then mm-hmm. the following week is Army at home at noon. So that will be an interesting one. And then it's already bye week after that. So third week of the college football season and Michigan has a bye week right uh, after that. Yeah. <laughs> eh, I, uh, I, I kind of like the lions used to do that a lot when I was a kid, like you'd be so excited for the season to start. You get like two games into the season and like, Oh, bye week. Ha <laughs> ha. Surprise. It's like having the first game of the, the season be a Monday night game. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I don't know. I'm, it is what it is. I'll have to make sure that if there's anything that I have to do that, I schedule it for that, the bye weeks. That's why I'm going to focus on yeah. this year. So that's the 14th bye week. Uh, things pick back up again on the road uh, against Wisconsin the following week. Then it's at home for Rutgers. And following up at home versus Iowa for homecoming. Uh, Sorry, uh, Wisconsin is a noon game. Rutgers, TBA. Iowa is a noon game. Then after Iowa, which is October 12th, Illinois on the road, TBA. Then another road game at Penn State, TBA. Then they go back home against Notre Dame, TBA. time to be determined and then on the road at maryland that one is at noon and then they go into the bye week that's november 9th 
Three last games remaining then is at Michigan to play MSU on the road at Indiana. Both those games are still to be determined what time. And then wrapping things up as per usual, OSU going to be home this year at noon on Fox as it has been for, I don't even know how long. So there is your regular season schedule for Michigan. Um, I guess it's kind of interesting to pick up where uh, um, Stephen mentioned, uh, Mr. Jarrell on Twitter, about if Michigan stays healthy this year. That's always a question that comes up with any team. Uh, there are definite question marks around on both sides of the ball, considering mm-hmm. players who left expectedly, unexpectedly. Um, I honestly feel let's let's kind of address. Uh, I'm going to use that the area of most concern. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say I'm going to actually kind of reverse it where a lot of people are saying it's a large area of concern, but I actually don't think it's going to, it's going to be as bad. Uh, But as some of the coaches have been talking about on social media, the running, uh, there isn't a clear um, running back that is leading the running back group. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cause you've got in that core group, you've got, the main guys being Christian Turner, True Wilson, and Zach Charbonnet. Yeah. I'm not too concerned about that, really, because unlike, I don't even know how many years it's been for Michigan, the offensive line should be pretty awesome. Uh, so maybe they should change their name to the off awesome line. Ah! Oh my gosh, my dad mode. That was off. awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> That was terrible. It, it, sound, it, it sounded better in my head for like two seconds. And then I started saying and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, it's late. Okay. Give me a break. Um, I think the, uh, uh, <laughs> I almost said awesome again. <laughs> the offensive line I think is going to make it so that the running game, even though there's not a lot of experience for those guys, that they will still be productive. I think it'll be okay. I don't think it, I mean, let's face it. It's not like Michigan has exactly had a stellar runner running game for years anyways. Right. So I, and especially with Gaddis coming in, bringing in his new offense, which everybody is expecting to be heavily pass based. I don't think it's going to be detrimental if the running ga- that the running game needs to be anything more than it already has. I really anticipate between those three guys that they're going to be able to produce some of the same numbers that you saw last year. Not saying necessarily individually, but as a group of guys that they will be able to go out and get the same rushing totals because uh, they'll have their own special abilities, uh, their own strengths. And with the offensive line, I, I, I think that'll be fine. I am. So I'm kind of debunking the whole thing where everybody's kind of freaked out for the moment about how the running backs are going to be. Brandon, is there something that you look at with Michigan for this year? That is the area of most concern. 
Oh, most concern. Um, you know, the first one that popped in my head was running back. Um, I mean, but the more you think about it, like you said, uh, you know, the way our offense is supposedly cha- changing, um, you know, it's kind of a show me, don't tell me thing. But at least from what we're hearing, uh, you know, I can see running back not being a super big emphasis this year. Uh, you know, we do have some guys with a little bit of experience. I mean, Turner, he played a little bit last year. Uh, Drew Wilson played a little bit more, you know, with the injuries to Higdon. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, if you think about it, look at the national championship team. Like, who was, who was the, you know, the big running back on that team? Yeah. I mean, it was kind of a committee. I mean, uh you know, there's a few guys just kind of splitting time back there. Uh, you know, we, we passed a little bit more than Michigan usually does. So, I mean, with the depth we have at wide receiver, I can see, you know, running back kind of taking a, a step back just in the, the amount of action that they get. Uh, you know, other than that, uh, I know it's usually a depth for us, but the defensive line will be kind of interesting too because yeah. – the loss of Gary and Winovich. Mm-hmm. I was thinking that you might go that direction. So, mm-hmm. yeah, defense as a whole is going to be interesting because, I mean, you lost those two. You lost Bush. Uh, so, David Long. Yeah. Yep. Long as well. So, uh, there'll be some changing, and there's still a decent amount of experience in some of those areas. Um, you've got some seniors and juniors there. I mean, you've got Uche, you've got Hudson, um, Quiddy Pay. Uh, interestingly enough, and I was actually, uh, I've got the roster pulled up, and I know there was the conversation, of Brandon, maybe, I can't remember if we talked about it, so maybe you saw it, maybe you didn't, um, but Big Ben Mason, uh, the fullback, there was a conversation of him splitting time and doing some work on the defensive line. Hmm. He, he is listed as a defensive lineman on Michigan's website right now. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. So I've, I mean, I, when the conversation happened and people were saying, Oh yeah, they're going to probably move him between offense and defense. I was like, okay, you know, that, uh, that Hmm. seems to make sense, especially with Gaddis's offense. Fullback might not get as much action whatever it is what it is. But then when I was looking at the site and I saw Ben Mason listed Mm -hmm. uh, as a defensive lineman, I was like, Oh, so this might be more permanent than we thought. So yeah, uh, obviously, I mean, it happens every year where there's that little bit of shifts. Uh, I mean, you saw Zach Gentry go to tight end and different things in that nature. And sometimes they work out well, and other times they wind up kind of fading out through the season. So uh, I think that I think as a whole, if you had to say where's more concern, offense or defense, I would go defense. Um, but if you want to go specific, like I did with a specific group uh, on either or, I would highlight the running back as being uh, one of the areas of, eh, I wouldn't say concern. I'm, I'm saying it's not as big of a concern as people were putting, making out to be if you were on social media this week. So Yeah, it's more of a question mark than a concern, I guess. Yeah. How you just, you don't really know what to expect. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah that's, that's, what, that's what I would say. Yeah, and that's what's always so exciting about the first game of the season. It's just being able to see anything tangible, you know? I mean, it, that's what that's why I love about college football, but then again, at the same time, you kind of don't like with the NFL where the preseason is so deceiving. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know, just some interesting thoughts with that one there. Um, I... Uh, Looking at their schedule, kind of changing here from what uh, what we thought were areas of concern. I'm going to talk about areas of, areas of concern as far as like games go yeah. in their schedule. Mm-hmm. And I must say that they kind of have a decently spaced out schedule. The games are kind of uh, tricky. Our Army is going to be a tricky game. Talking about the triple option. Actually, I just saw something uh, a little while before we started recording where actually I believe Army has the second longest active winning streak. Really? Uh, in, yeah, let me see. Yeah, Clemson is from Joel Clapp from Fox. Uh, Clemson comes in with the longest active win streak into the 2019 college football season at 15 and the second longest streak in the country army with nine wins. Hmm. Yeah. So, and um, yeah, that's just very interesting. Triple option. Yeah. Just, just very interesting. So, so you've got that, that game early on. At Wisconsin is questionable because usually Wisconsin's strong, kind of a powerhouse. They looked really messed up last year. I don't know how much of a concern that is. Iowa at home, I'm not too concerned about. You get into a weird situation with um, the stretch, though, between Iowa and Maryland because you've got home uh, versus Iowa at Illinois, at Penn State, home with Notre Dame, and then at Maryland. Then you have the bye week. So you've kind of got a couple of trap game situations in there. Yeah. Because um, Illinois could kind of fall into the cracks because it's between Iowa and Penn State. Uh, and Penn State's always a weird one uh, on the road. But then Maryland kind of turns into a weird trap situation because after a big letdown after playing Notre Dame and with the bye week coming after that, I've seen some teams, I don't know if it's specifically happened to Michigan before, where it's kind of like, whoa, why are you guys playing like you're not playing a game right now? Yeah. So Yeah, I know what you're saying. Usually yeah. Iowa is our trap game. Yeah. And uh, But maybe the trickiest spot, just because you never know, and it's so weird, is you finish off with Michigan State and Indiana, then against Ohio State, because as we always say, Brandon, Michigan, the Michigan State game is their Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. If they win that, then they feel like they have won everything. Like they can, they can walk away and say that this season was a victory, no matter yeah. what their record is. And Michigan never thinks that way uh, because they uh, have the game against Ohio State. <laughs> And that can sometimes be a problem. I mean, even heck, even when Michigan beat Michigan State in East Lansing, I'm blanking on the specific year, 2016, I think it was. Yeah, when um, Peppers at the end of the game picked up the ball and took it back for a two-point yeah. conversion or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, that was 
barely what a nine point win when it should have been a blowout. Oh yeah, for sure. That was Michigan State's what three and nine year and yeah. And yeah. so it it was just there are those situations and you can say it's not a concern, but it's a concern because Michigan State always comes to play. Michigan doesn't always. So mm-hmm. and then Indiana is just I don't even know what you want to call Indiana. Uh, I feel like Indiana we, always plays us tough. Yeah. I feel having like that the week before Ohio State is kinda kinda and, worrisome, I guess. Yeah. I mean that they're always there at the end, but I feel like there needs to be a term for Indiana. It's not it's more than a trap game and it's not even necessarily when the game is scheduled. Indiana just as a whole is that team that likes to mess mess with you. They're kind of like Northwestern. They're going to beat somebody good at some point. Mm-hmm. They're always hanging around. Yeah. So, uh, and then of course, finishing with Ohio state. So uh, the games that concern me the most, and then uh, Brandon, I'll have you follow up with your thoughts, but I'll definitely say army is one that's concerning triple, uh, triple option, always crazy to, to deal with. And Don Brown's, overly aggressive defense if it doesn't work out properly you could get burned mm-hmm. so there's some concern with that not uh, not setting off too many alarms but that's one of the more concerning ones um man after that i'm i'm not feeling i i'm a little torn about it coming out after a bye week um, playing Michigan State because Michigan has been really stupid coming off a bye week before. Um, but I don't feel super concerned with the Michigan State game this year, to be completely honest. Um, I do have... So Army is one concern. I'm just going to kind of lump Penn State and Notre Dame into kind of a con- concerning spot. Mm-hmm. Um, cause those two being back to back and then Ohio state until I see what Ohio state looks like and what Michigan looks like, that will always be a concern to me because even though urban Meyer is gone, so much of the staff is the same urban Meyer is still going to be coaching them. He's not going to be on the sideline, but he's coaching them. He's talking to them. They're game planning. I mean, with how, how obsessed they are and obsessed in a way that is making them dominant for how long now? you know that they're still talking to him and he's still helping them game plan and things like that. So, Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that's still concerned. So though I would say those are my three top areas in, I would probably go in order. Ohio state being number one concern, just because Michigan needs to get over the hump. Michigan just needs to get it done. Second being army because it's so early in the season and Mm -hmm. uh, what should be coming off of an easy win against middle Tennessee, they might not be have their heads on straight and they could fudge up for, I guess, better terminology, whatever. Uh, And then the third, I would say the Penn state Notre Dame back to back situation. So uh, what are, what are your thoughts with the most difficult parts of the schedule for Michigan? Uh, I kind of feel the same. Um, like you said, that triple option from Army can give people fits. Uh, and like, not even only that is that 
Army's got a mobile quarterback, and Michigan always struggles with mobile quarterbacks. I mean, we saw it with SMU last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a team that's not as good will come in. You know, if they have a quarterback that can make some plays on his feet, uh, then it usually give Michigan's defense headaches. Uh, you know, playing at Wisconsin is never easy. And you know, even last year when they had kind of a down year, you know, it showed that they still, you know, there's, there's, they were still a decent team. And I mean, you know, Wisconsin's going to try to run the ball. Yeah. You know, if they can get the run going, then, you know, that might give us fits too. Yeah, they probably have the best running back in the conference too. So yeah, he might even be the best in the nation. Um, you know, then we got our, our, you don't want to call them like automatic win games, but you got those peppered in. You know, we got Rutgers, <laughs> uh, Illinois. You know, those are two games that you know I'm not really too worried about. Iowa would be interesting, but you know I think we can take them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can usually beat Iowa at home. It just we have a hard time beating Iowa at Iowa. Yeah, uh, Kinnick Stadium is such a hard place to play at. Which is so weird. Those stupid cornfields. The children of the corn out there. Um, Yeah, and then Penn State, you know, another place is hard to play. Um, So many people there, you know, almost as much as the big house. Mm -hmm. Um, Notre Dame at home. You know, I'm, I'm expecting that one to be a night game. Yeah. It seems like every time we play them, it's a night game, so... You know, why would we expect anything else? Mm-hmm. Uh, after last year, and that wasn't even their good quarterback. That was technically like their backup quarterback plan. Yeah. You know, because he got replaced, what was it, the week after or two weeks after they played us? I think it was two weeks. And then they put that, what's his last name, Book? Yeah, Ian Book. Yeah, they put him in, and, you know, he was lights out the rest of the season. So, you know, that's something to worry about, too. Um Luckily, we have the home field advantage, so that should help us out. Uh, Maryland, I'm not too worried about. Maryland is one of those teams that they can catch a sleep in, too. I mean, look at what happened to Ohio State last year. They almost lost to Maryland. Yeah. And that one kid had, God, what was he? He was averaging like 20 yards a carry or something like that. I can't remember his name now. Yeah, I can't remember. He He had the long dreads. I can't remember. Kind of skinnier guy who was a super fast. Um, and you know, like you said, Michigan State—they always show up to play. That's their biggest game of the year. That's what they base the, their yearly success on. So you know, they're going to come to play. You know, it doesn't matter what their record is; it's always going to be one of the toughest games of the year. Uh, and Indiana—that's like, like I said, they play as tough every single year, and that could be a trap game. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Um, and I don't understand why we always we always seem to do that. We always seem to have a a game, you know, that can be a little bit tough right before we play Ohio State. Mm. You know, I wish one year we could maybe you know have Rutgers or something before the Ohio State game. Yeah, actually, that'd be kind of interesting to look at. Um, I, feel I, can't like, re- I feel like it's almost always Indiana or Wisconsin that we play. Before we play Ohio State, uh, I don't know about Wisconsin, but yeah, I am very interested in uh, what? No, what the heck was that? Clicked the wrong thing. Um, because I can only think of Indiana. So let's see, 
Indiana was last year, 2017. Oh, was Wisconsin. I totally forgot about that. I think I wanted to forget about that year. It was the <laughs> Indiana the year before, 2015. Oh, it was Penn State in 2015. Wow. Really? Weird. Yeah. Well, anyway, it's been Indiana a lot. Was basically. <laughs> yeah. I was getting uh, Yeah. So that's that's a you know a little worrisome. And then of course you know Ohio State is the number one on the list. Uh, I'm not even 100% confident that we can do it this year. That's just. Man, it's just been so long. Yeah, it's I'm... just the game you have to worry about, and like you said, you know, just because Urban Meyer's not standing on the sideline doesn't mean he's not part of practice. Oh yeah, I know Michigan can do it. I am going into the season with nothing, seeing nothing about Ohio State, nothing about Michigan. I am fairly confident that Michigan will do it even though it is now, this is not like, again, I said, I know they can do it. They are capable, but they have this mm-hmm. monkey on their back, which is just stupid. Things happen. Saw with last year, pretty talented group and things just totally uh, came undone part. Uh, a lot of it's been coaching. Some of it's been kind of outside Michigan's control. Like there's just all this stuff going into it that has been going on for, decade ish so i mean if they go if they go into i don't i don't know what the mentality is i don't know what the preparation is but if they go into it and just take this season on you know game by game you know focus if they do the whole prepare for ohio state each and uh each and every week and they acknowledge it whatever i don't i don't really care as long as they take game by game and focus on the game and don't think about everything that's happened for the past decade mm-hmm. and I feel pretty good about it, but we never know exactly when the mentality is. And like I said, it's a monkey on their back. Yeah. And until they get it off and, you know, f- finish and beat Ohio state, then it's always going to be a glaring thing and a glaring issue. So yeah, no, I totally, totally agree that that's going to be. And even if, Ohio State, like, let's say it's like, okay, it's not going to be, I, it's it going to be impossible that's going to be this bad. But say it's like Michigan State's 2017 3 and 9 season. Oh, man. Or, or wait, 2017, yeah. Ohio State could still beat Michigan. Mm hmm. Like, that, that, that to them, I mean, that is really kind of the Michigan Ohio State Super Bowl. Like, yeah. every team usually just, both teams just usually want to win that one, even if the rest of the season has been trash. If they can win that one, then they can finish things off right. So, anyways, uh, real quick, I wanted to mention the Maryland guy was Anthony McFarland. Yeah, yep, that was his name. Yeah. So I knew it was Mick something, but I couldn't remember what it was. McDonald's? <laughs> Ronald McDonald. <laughs> ba 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 ba. Um,. Yeah, so that the schedule is favorable, especially with having the big game, uh, big games such as Ohio State, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Iowa at home, uh, and Army. Five big games at home. Because I mean, could you imagine if Iowa was a road game? Oh my gosh, Ugh. I, I would not want that. Now, of course, Michigan trades off every uh, every other year because next year a bunch of those games are going to be road games, but. 
So, well, um, before we get into real predictions and, you know, this, the thoughts on the overall season, we talked about concerns. Now I want to talk about what you, what we think some of the strong points are going to be. Uh, and if you're ready, Brandon, I'll let you start that conversation. So I don't steal anything from you. Cause I've kicked off most of the other stuff before. So what do you think is going to be a, or the strongest asset for Michigan in the 2019 season? I think the receiver in core. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wrote down here that I think uh, Collins and Peoples Jones are really going to break out this year. Yeah. Um, one of them, if not both of them, I think is going to go over a thousand yards. You know, I don't think that's really too far away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're focusing more of the offense on passing, and you know, over the last couple of years, those have been our two biggest guys. Um, mostly, you know. Because tr- the injuries to Tariq Black, but, you know, I think last year, especially Collins, really stepped up from the year before. Yeah. And, you know, Peoples-Jones is that guy that, you know, he can take a like a short little pass and turn it into something big, which is with the agility and speed that he has. So, you know, I'm expecting those two guys to really, to really have breakout seasons this year. Yeah, no, I... I agree. And uh, I'll mention something on here that I mentioned on Twitter. Um, honestly, for the wide receiver core, and I do agree that that's probably the strongest area for Michigan, um, but I'll, I'll add my thought on another area here in a second. I think Collins is going to have the most touchdowns for receivers. Um, he was a beast last year. I think he had a 0% drop rate. Yeah, I saw that. Um Pro Football Focus posted that. Yeah. Um, they had Peoples Jones as like number three, I think. Yeah. I and think Collins so. was number one. And uh, Peoples Jones, I think he had like a 3% or like a 2% drop rate. Yeah. But Collins was like zero. I mean, like, yeah, the Collins dude, zero. He is just strong. And mm-hmm. you can throw it up there and he will muscle it down. Uh, I was watching some of his highlights and is so disappointing what happened in the Ohio state game because he could have been a hero. I mean, well, technically he was because frankly, without Collins, Michigan looked like crap. (laughs) And if you didn't have Collins in there, there would have been a really good chance that that game would have been ridiculously embarrassing. It was embarrassing, but I'm talking about ridiculously embarrassing because he strong armed a couple uh, pass several passes. And I think actually two of them were touchdowns. I know one of them was, Um, but then there was another one too. Joe Milton threw a pass uh, late in the game and he went up between two defenders and snatched the ball out, which was actually an awkward position for him to reach over, grab the ball and bring it in. So um, I predict that he's going to have the most touchdowns. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to have the most yards. Yeah. He is very good at um, after moving the, in the, after the catch. Yes. Move, after the catch, moving in the open field and following blockers. He's very good at that. And that comes into play with his uh, punt returns. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think that Black is going to have a very impressive year. If he can stay healthy, I still think that he's going to have an impressive year. I know that because of injury, he hasn't done a whole lot in the past few years. I mean, he's still really talented. 
I hope that he can stay healthy. I think he's got uh, great potential and everything, but just all hinges if he can stay healthy. So mm-hmm. now what I will say that I think is Michigan's strength, uh, it goes hand in hand with the receivers because it's the quarterbacks. And honestly, when was the last time? I'm really interested to hear your thought uh, thoughts, Brandon, if you can really think of another time that you could look at Michigan's quarterback situation and be like, if we went down two quarterbacks, we'd probably still be fine. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever felt that way. Yeah. Like I can't, I was starting to think about it and I was just like, dude, it's like, I know there was the, uh, what was that? I think 2010 season, even though it was a terrible season, um, Oh my gosh. I'm uh Tate Forcier. Mm-hmm. Um and Denard Robinson were kind of going back and forth. So it's just like, yeah. oh sweet, you know, we've got two options. If one totally gets injured, then we've got another viable option. I mean, we've got three really capable quarterbacks. I mean, there's no doubt that McCaffrey can do what Patterson can do. Um, mm-hmm. not downplaying Patterson and not hyping up McCaffrey too much. But then even the things that we've seen from Joe Milton is extremely promising. So, I mean, you look at what happened in the 2017 season with the debacle where we did play three quarterbacks. Honestly, this year, if something like that happened, it, we, I think that we'd be all right. I mean, yeah, obviously, if we got down that far and the other quarterbacks weren't going to be coming back, yeah, maybe things being good enough to make it into the playoffs, it, depending on record and everything could be in question and everything. But as far as like being able to beat anybody on the schedule, totally still viable. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, it's funny because a guy I work with is a big Michigan state fan. And he told me last year, he's like, you guys realize that you have three quarterbacks, all that could be starting like at other schools. He's like, I, he's like, I solely, you know, believe that Joe Milton could start at Michigan State over anything they've got. Probably true. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah, he made a good point. And he's like, they could start on pretty much any team in the Big Ten. Yeah, I was just going to try to think about that. I was going to say there's, I mean, yeah, there's a couple where there definitely be a battle on everything. But, yeah, no, you look at it. Yeah, that's... A Michigan State fan actually pointed out something good. <laughs> he has his moments. What? <laughs> I'm shocked. No, yeah, no, I think that that is totally, you know, understandable and believable. So, yeah, I think, I mean, especially those hands. I think so many things are just coming together for this year. I'm trying to be, you know, keep, um, uh, realistic or not get too hyped up and everything, but it's just like quarterback situation is so good. The receiver situation is so good. The offensive line situation is looking really good. Gaddis, the new or- coordinator coming in with the new offense, which is supposed to be more pass oriented. is so good. So many things looking really good. That being said real quick, before we get into final predictions and everything, uh, you know what? Actually, no. 
I'll hold on to it for the final predictions. Do you want me to go first with like final predictions or do you want to go first, Brandon? Um, no, I'll let you go. Okay. So we'll do a prediction. We'll, we'll basically answer our question of the week. What do we think the regular season uh, record is going to be for Michigan and who's going to win the big 10? I'm trying to be realistic here, like not get too overhyped and everything. Usually, I mean, I always get excited for uh, Michigan football to start again. Usually I kind of don't get too hyped and everything. Um, I will say this, though. Like I was just saying, so many things coming together for the offense. I know there's question with running back. I think that that won't really be an issue, as I mentioned before. I do feel like the defense is going to take a – Step back, question mark. Um, I don't think they're going to be as dominant as they have been the past couple of years. Like as you see, as you saw in 2016, I know 2017 was insane. Uh, but like 2018, I don't think they're going to be quite as dominant. I think there's going to be some flex in there. But I think that that is going to be more than compensated for in the difference that we're going to see on the offense. Because the offense used to have the mentality of, Score, score some, um, get like a two touchdown lead and then just grind your opponent and try to wear them down offensively, mm-hmm. which was, I, I didn't, first of all, you don't really enjoy, but I didn't really like it because I like it more when you get a very huge gap and you don't have, to, excuse me, you don't have to worry about it as much. I think that's the way that's going to go more so this year, that there's just going to be a much larger gap. And even though the defense is going to allow for some more points, maybe the gap is going to be too wide for anybody, for a lot of opponents to overcome. Um, so that being said, I, I've thought about it and it, it's really tough. Um, but I think I'm I think I'm gonna go with this, and I'm not and I'm not gonna be trying to do this from a overhyped. I'm not trying to be like a drink the Kool Aid kind of a situation, and everything. <laughs> but from more of a level headed, I really do see this happening. I'm going to put down that they're going to go undefeated. Wow. Oh man, it's uh, <laughs> 11, 11 and one was going to be such an easier answer. It really was going to be an easier answer, but I am going with undefeated regular season. I think that there's going to be enough nuances this year with the offense. It's going to help lift and propel them. A big key thing. Uh, well, as anybody said, as uh, Stephen mentioned, health barring any major issues things going well, but also one thing that they need to do is continually improve. There is something that we've seen with Michigan where they go. And then at the end of the season, whether it's the last three or two games, they plateau. Mm -hmm. Michigan cannot allow that to happen. I don't think Michigan is necessarily going to allow that to happen. I know the last two and three games are really tricky this year. Michigan state, Indiana and Ohio state. But I think they can do it. I, I, I hope that they capitalize on that bye week. They go into that three-game stretch and they carry their success forward. The, the game planning, everything with that. I, I know they can do it. 
and I believe that they are going to do it. So I'm saying Michigan 12 and 0. Then that easily kind of answers then the next question that Michigan then would win the Big Ten. So, so how how much? What what do you have to say, Brandon? Uh, I just I keep going back to eleven and one. Yeah, I just I fear the Ohio State game. Just because every year I'm like, you know what, we got a chance. Especially last year, I was like, you know what, we have a chance. We have such a good defense that, you know, maybe we can slow Haskins down. And, well, we saw what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I keep getting hang up, hung up on that. I just, you know, I do think that Ohio State's going to take a step down from where they were last year and that Michigan improved. But, you know, is it enough? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I want to believe that the offense is going to be, you know, lights out compared to last year, but I'm just, you know, I'm still weary. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I guess I have to say 11 and one. Okay. And, and I totally get that. Cause like I said, I was, I was right there too. And I honestly had written down 11 and one when I started making my notes for this, <laughs> uh, this episode. You talked yourself into the undefeated season. Yep. I talked myself into it just like Michigan is going to talk themselves into it, right? So, mm-hmm. so then 11 and 1, do you what, thoughts for Big Ten Championship then? Or, uh, you know, I think, I, I think Ohio State's probably going to take the, you know, the East. Um, as far as the West, I'm not sure. That's kind of wide open. Um, I kind of see it as Wisconsin's to lose. You know, Iowa's probably going to hang in there a little bit. Uh, I don't know why everybody's so high in Nebraska. Yeah, I don't either. I mean, we slaughtered them last year. I mean, I do think they have a good quarterback. But what do they have outside of that? Mm -hmm. They lost uh, Zigbo, the running back, and they lost, what was his name, Stanley Morgan, the wide receiver. Mm -hmm. I think that's his name. I think so. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be Ohio State and Wisconsin in the Big Ten Championship, and I think Ohio State probably takes it. And, yeah, I'll just be irritated again. Wow. So you're saying 11-1 and regular season, but then still not making the Big Ten. Yeah, because I think, I think Ohio State's going to make it. I think both teams might end up being 11 on one, but it's just going to be that, you know, that head to head tiebreaker. Yeah. Hmm. Unfortunately, I think your lion fandom is seeping into your Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. I just, man, it's just been so long since I beat Ohio state. And it's one of those things where it's just like, you know, I want them to win so bad that I just feel like they're not going to. Yeah. No, I, I, um, I mean, gosh, the last, what, however many years can't, can't tell you otherwise, you know, right. Right. So, yeah. But we'll I see. can't tell you a prediction that it, that's likely to happen. Mm-hmm. I think there's going to be one time, um, each game, where Craig jumps out of his chair and yells at the TV. 
I believe well, that's going to happen. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that that will probably happen. I can concur. That's a, that's a cold take there. <laughs> <laughs> Lock of the century. <laughs> All right, well there you go. I got I got 12 and 0 Michigan winning the Big 10. Um I would probably say man, who would they play against in the Big 10? I would maybe say Michigan would play against I don't know. Wisconsin's weird, man. I think it's between Wisconsin and Iowa. I might say Iowa um, in the Big Ten title game. but And then Brandon has 11-1 and one with Ohio State. And you said against Wisconsin, right? Right. So, all right, we'll see you with that. We'll see how the season goes. We'll be having our first game preview here before you know it. So as things are getting closer. But... Uh, we move along because we have a couple segments then here to wrap up this episode. And we have Garbage Day! It's the Garbage Play of the Week. And it's brought to you by the one, the only Detroit Lions. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yes, thank you, Detroit Lions, for getting us excited for football coming back into our lives just to go ahead and crap the bed. As the Lions had their preseason game against the Patriots, as Brandon shared the horrific status or uh, stat before, uh, the final score of the game was 31-3, to and the Lions looked like they had nothing going on. <laughs> And in typical Lions fashion. So I don't know if they're trying to set the bar low and exceed expectations or they're just like, we don't even know what's going on. But I don't know. Yeah, um, that's the Lions for you. Uh, granted, a lot of guys were out and it was a preseason game, but still. Yeah. Yeah, I, yes. It's it, the preseason is always deceiving because the Lions went undefeated in the preseason and they went winless that year. But man, and how how bad how bad was David Fails? And how <laughs> ironic is it that the Lions have a quarterback named Fails? Yeah, very appropriate. <laughs> But they did sign um, Josh Johnson, and I think he's probably going to be taking Bales' job. Yeah, I I don't think that's going to be too difficult for him to put together. So, Yeah. All right, but we do have uh, another thing here to wrap up the end of the episode. We have our two-minute drill, and we throw as much as possible from the past week at you in two minutes. Brandon, are you ready? Yeah, let's roll. Let's do it. All right, Dabo Sweeney did not give Kelly Bryant a ring coming off, uh, is coming off a bit petty to some people, but Bryant uh, played part of the season, did not finish, and therefore Dabo did not consider him part of the championship team. Brandon. Uh, Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott, he said he's willing to sit out the entire year if he doesn't get a new contract. Caleb. Boo, boo, be boo. Uh, Tate Martell, uh, former Ohio State player, granted immediate eligibility at Miami, but when he gets there, he does not win the quarterback job. 
and he was the number two trending topic on Twitter earlier today. And just recently, it was announced that he did not show up for practice today. Brandon. <laughs> boo, 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 boo. <laughs> uh, former Lion uh, running back Theo Riddick fractures his shoulder, and he's out six to eight weeks for the Broncos. Caleb. A couple highlights for Michigan players in the NFL. Uh, Gentry at tight end had three catches for the Steelers, one of them being a touchdown. And Karan Higdon had eight carries for 37 yards. Rashawn Gary played the, uh, most of the first half for Green Bay, but did not record any stats. Brandon. Uh, continuing with Mich- Michigan rookies, uh, we got Chase Winovich had one and a half sacks against the Lions. And Devin Bush tallied up 10 tackles in his debut. He was all over the field. Caleb? Rock. And speaking of Michigan, Ohio State, OSU D-line commit Darian Henry talked about the OSU-Michigan rivalry no longer being a rivalry when he spoke with 24-7 sports. Brandon. Uh, Raiders wide receiver Antonio Brown uh, says he'll never play football again if the league won't let him wear his old helmet. Uh, he has actually filed a grievance with the league. The reports say that they gave him a bottle and put him down for a nap. Now he feels a little bit better. Caleb. <laughs> nice. Boo-boo-bee-boo. Very appropriate. Well, I. Uh, that's it for the two-minute drill. Wraps things up. Quite, quite a bit to throw out there this week. Um, now, interesting part is we come to the question of the week. And we were talking about this before. Did we figure out anything for a question for the week how about you know what it, unless you can think of anything real quick i think we're just gonna do a completely crazy random question <laughs> i feel like we should just do some weird random question yeah what do you got uh, uh well i think i i'll have to research but i feel like doing like some kind of you know i don't know now, and something more interesting, but it's just like, what's your favorite movie, theater, snack, popcorn, whatever? I don't know. what. It's just something totally random. So we're going to come up with something. It's not included in this episode, but as you see, we always post it on Twitter and everything. But I think we can come up with something interesting and engaging um, just because uh, we have something new that's going to be coming at you guys next week. So you'll want to come back for that. Um, but yeah, since we can't really do a question that preludes next week's episode, we'll just come up with something random. Keep your eyes out, uh, open for that. But yeah, next week we'll have something new, but then the week after that, we're going to be doing our first game preview because Michigan's going to be playing after that. So it's, it is upon us. Um, but yeah, question a week coming soon. And I think that's it. Anything else before we turn it off? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm just ready for the season to start. I'm ready to start watching some football. You know, I'm ready for. I'm ready to be disappointed by the Lions again. So <laughs> you're ready to be heartbroken. Yep, I'm just bracing for that. So good times, good times. Thanks, Lions. All right. Well, we thank you guys for tuning in. We always appreciate it. And as we have been for quite some time now, we will send you off with Dragon Sound and one of the greatest songs ever written. Until next time, go blue. Go blue.